Genesis question comment so I don't hear everybody talking at me at the same time hit star five I promise I will see you at some point amen <laughs> okay um, before we read this scripture I'm going to send everybody something real quick Christina, how are you? I'm well. How are you? Good, good, good. Let's see here. Give me a quick second. Something's missing, something's missing. All right, somebody talk for a quick second. I don't like silence. You know, they say sometimes silence is good. <laughs> true that, true that, true that. All right, let's see. I'm, I'm, what, what am I missing here? And... I hope everybody enjoyed it. Yes, it was beautiful. It was gorgeous. Break away from the heat. Oh, yes. It's not going to last long. Earning, but. It, wasn't that, it wasn't that bad out today. Mm-mm. Wasn't that bad out. Okay. No, no, no. But, all right. Let me know when everybody gets this, please. Is it coming through our email? No, you should get a text. Okay. Yeah, we haven't gotten it yet, Rico. Jeremy is uh-huh. through. And? Well, it would help if I press send. Sorry about there that. <laughs> 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 All right, let me let me know when you got that, please. <laughs> you have one of those moments. Okay, I got it. All right. Everybody got it? Mm-hmm. All right. So, Sister Samaya, can you read some of this for us, please? White people to advance the colored people of America. True. Civil rights legend W.E.B. Du Bois was one of the founders, but even he eventually. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Am I looking at the wrong one? No, you're looking at the right one. You're looking at the right one. Okay. The CEO of Chicago is NAACP was started mostly by white people to advance the colored people of America. That's what it says, but it's hard to see that part. Okay, so go ahead, Sister Samaya. Go ahead. You want me to start over? Uh, uh, No, I just wanted to understand. I want everybody to hear the part that NAACP was started mostly by white people. Okay. 
Okay. All right. Uh, okay, so W.E.B. Uh, du Bois was one of the founders, but even he eventually left after becoming disillusioned with the organization for failing to agitate enough and pursuing a propagandistic approach. Okay, so stop there. Stop there. So so the reason I'm showing you this before we delve deep into this scripture is because we stopped with uh, the last couple classes with showing you how trans because of translations we've altered words in the Bible which then throws readers off so that we really don't understand what we read. So so uh for instance and and I'm 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 setting this foundation so when we get to the aspect of what Jesus actually meant when he said the gospel of the kingdom, it won't be such a <laughs> what's the word I want to use? Um you know how you feel when you just get some ice cream and then it, you drop it? <laughs> yes. That feeling there. Because it, it, it changes it changes everything you, you know as far as the kingdom. So that's why I'm trying to build to it versus just drop an atomic bomb and just just blow blow holes up. So anyhow uh, uh, that's why I'm kind of laying this foundation. So, uh, uh, when it comes to this NAACP, we understand that to be for, uh, over the years, it's supposed to have been for the application of color people, right? Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> but the history of this organization, if you do your own research, you'd actually find out was actually started to oppress black people from within, but give a mirage that they were advocating for black people on the out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, what does this have to do wow. with the kingdom? Absolutely. Going back to the last few lessons about even changing our viewpoint of God. So we saw that when you look up the word God in the Bible, the way they translated it, we do understand that, yes, they're talking about the creator to a sense, but at the same time, they have tried to rearrange the story and put their version of their God in the story and just throw everybody off. So this is why it's important to understand these aspects. So what we've been taught as the kingdom versus what God says is the kingdom are two two totally different dimensions. Does that make sense? What I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So so uh, um, again, if I had time to get to the history of why the NAACP was starting all that, it is deep. But just know it wasn't for us. It was meant to be against us. And even though yes, there's there's black people on the board. If you look into it, those black people that we think represent us actually have to be appointed by the people who own it 
who are white. I'm not teaching racism. Mm -hmm. I'm just teaching you truth and reality. That's the truth. Okay. So, 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 uh, I want, uh, everyone, or not everyone, someone, it doesn't matter if a couple of us, I want you to look up the word Semitic. Semitic. And, and at least one of you, please look up the, the Merriam-Webster definition of Semitic. You, everybody else just look up, we compare our notes. I just want to figure out and show you so that you know for yourself what a, what a Semitic person is and what it has to do with the kingdom. <laughs> so, so before we read this definition, going all the way back to one of the first classes when we looked up the definition of kingdom, we, we, we established that it dealt with a ruler, territory, law, subjects, right? Mm-hmm. But remember, within those subjects, it was a, a, a family. So keep in mind the family aspect of it. So show you this. So, uh, Sister J.I., did you find a definition? I know I have. I, I didn't. You said a few okay, okay, <laughs> okay. Sister Venus, did you find a definition? Uh, I'm still looking. You're still looking. Okay. Did anybody find the definition? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have it. <clears throat> okay. Where's yours from, Sister Samaya? Uh, from Merriam Webster. Okay, from Merriam Webster. What does Merriam Webster say the word Semitic means? Of relating to or constituting a subfamily of the Afro-Asiatic language family that includes Hebrew, Aramaic, Arabic, and I have to punch it to go further than that. Okay, then you, you can just stop there. So based okay. on that definition, Semitic would be any people that come from the afro Asiatic family, which consists of Hebrews, Aramaic, Phoenician uh, might be in one of those definitions, uh, and, and the list goes on. So, in other words, people of color, let everybody see that. Mm -hmm. Or hear this, should I say. Okay, did anybody else find a definition? I have an addition. <clears throat> Say it again. I have an addition. Go ahead. Go ahead. And it may be just that, added. Um, of relating to or characteristic of Semites. And then the last one is Jewish. Okay, so check this out. You see how they split Jewish in there, but Jewish is number three. But yep. the main definition of of of, of Semite, I mean, a, a Semitic, is a person from one of the color races. And I love how they put it in there that we are a subfamily. That's that's funny. If you, <laughs> oh, 
So it, it's colored people branched out everywhere. If I just say it in just layman terms, just colored people everywhere that 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 get back to this word Semitic. So there's another word there that you just said, Sister Samaya, which was Semite. So what what does it say? The word Semite mean? I just typed it. It says, a member of any of a number of peoples of ancient southwestern Asia, including Akkadians, uh, Phoenicians, Hebrews, and Arab. And then a descendant of these people. And number two, a member of a modern people speaking a Semitic language. Okay, stop there. So a Semite is basically any descendant from any one of the Semitic cultures who would be people of color. Does everybody get that? Yeah. Yeah. So when we call somebody an anti-Semite, you are saying you are against people of color. That's what anti-Semite means. Because a Semite is a descendant of the Semitic people who would be of the Afro-Asiatic people, which would be people of color. So if we use the term by definition, it means you are against someone of color. Does, does everybody yeah. does everybody see the same thing? Yes. Mm -hmm. But yet our culture yes. has brainwashed us that when we speak out against what, uh, and, I, and I say this, I say it boldly, but I say it non-racist, but just reality, when we speak out against the blonde hair who are so, supposed to be Jews, we get branded anti-Semitic. Mm-hmm. Yes. But they're not people but they're not people of color. The definition of anti Semitic would be against people of color. We all agree with that? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So so how how are we anti Semitic against people of non color when they're not Semitic? Okay, so what does this have to do with the kingdom? Just stay with me. So if you remember in the last few classes, we saw clearly in, in scriptures where they've twisted words. They've changed words. We even saw a scripture where God himself warned that they, that they did it and they knew they did it. So, so when, when you get down to the reality of what, what scripture tells us, uh, between Genesis chapter three and Genesis chapter four, you find out that what you're reading is two two different families on the on the face of this planet, and I just kicked myself in the butt because I just went way, way way down the rabbit hole beyond what I wanted to. But <laughs> you've actually mentioned what's it before, though. What'd you say? You've actually mentioned it before, though. I got you. I got you. So, so since I brought it up, go to go to Genesis three real quick. 
Go to Genesis 3. And then, Sister J, how can you read just verse 1? Now, the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yes, have God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Okay, stop there. So most of us have been told the Sunday school version of this story. Mm-hmm. About the snake hanging out the tree. And and you can do this in your own time for the sake of time, but if you look up the Hebrew word for this word serpent here, it does not give you the definition of a of a snake hanging out of a tree. It actually gives you the definition more of an actual person that had a sly tongue who could manipulate, lie. The, the definition actually comes back and says one who cast a spell, magic, sorcery. And, and as you as you dig deeper into the story, what you actually find out is that this being that your Bible calls the serpent, all, all through the scripture, the serpent, the dragon, uh, I mean, it goes by different reptilian names. Uh, you, you, you start to find that it, it's not necessarily a snake that you're dealing with, but it's given a description of an actual flesh and blood being that is totally hell-bent on causing corruption in our planet. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So, so then when you begin to think about it, and I ask you a question all the time, we, we know that something happened in the garden. After the event took place in the garden, they ran and started covering their private parts because they were ashamed. Now, we can explain it away all day long and make it just sound like a rated G version. But when we look at what Scripture actually tells us, it lets it be known that a, a sexual act took place. Okay? So i give you an example. So according to this Bible, when God comes into the picture and starts questioning everybody, when he gets to the woman, a question is asked uh, about what happened. She puts the blame on who she puts the blame on. And um, after the blame is put on the man, here here's the recompense for what she gets for eating the apple. Now everybody remember, she ate the apple, right? She ate the apple. She took, eat, yeah. eat the apple, anime. Eat the apple. <laughs> so she eats the apple. But the punishment for eating the apple is that your reproductive system is cursed. Now, be honest with yourself. Is that would that be justified? No. Mm-mm. Now, even though no, God doesn't say the words I just said it, but He brings up the child labor, birth, pain, and. All the other stuff that came up, um, that is, is eating an apple versus private parts messed up. But 
is not equivalent. It doesn't add up. So, so then when we get to, uh, chapter four, go to chapter four real quick. And then Sister Jayhaw just read verse one. <clears throat> and Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain. And so okay, it's not fair. That's no, not fair. I, we don't have time, but if you want, I can send you a previous class where we taught on this, but I'll explain it. If you do a word search on this word new in Hebrew, you find out that this new is not the same new as the other news are. <laughs> the other news and news is dealing with sexuality. This one new in Genesis is not dealing with sexuality, but rather it describes Adam notices something about Eve. And what you find when you put the Hebrew word in its context versus how they tried to translate the story you find that Adam looked at her and realizes that she's pregnant. So she fesses up and explains that she has now gotten a man-child from Jehovah. Pause. Rewind to the class on Friday, I think that was, where we saw who Gad was, a.k.a. Moloch, a.k.a. all these different names. So speed back up to the serpent. A.K.A. Moloch, A.K.A. Gad, A.K.A. all these different names. They call him the Horn God. Just, just call him that. So then speed back up to Cain. And now Cain is son of the wicked one, just as your Bible says. Has anybody ever read the scripture? Besides, I know some of you have, and I showed it to you, but has everyone saw the scripture in the Bible where it says that Cain is the son of the wicked one? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we read that, but do we really take it to heart that if it says that Cain is the son of the wicked one, then that's what it is. So in your own time, if you read Genesis 4, you read Cain's genealogy. So then when we get to chapter 5, go to chapter 5, please. So remember, Cain killed Abel. Then Cain leaves and goes to the land of Nar. He starts having kids. But because Cain is not a um, a flesh and blood human being like we are, but he's of mankind, just came from a being called the serpent and started a family line. So this is why now you have Genesis 5 read this way. Verse 1, please. This is the book of the generations of Adam. In the day that God created man, in the likeness of God made he him. Male and female created he them and blessed them and called their name Adam. In the day when they were created. And Adam lived 
130 years and begot a son in his own likeness after his image and called his name Seth. And the days of Adam... Okay, stop there. Stop there. So according to the Bible, we're now reading the genealogy book of our first father, Adam. Everybody see that, right? This is this is from yeah. from Adam from Adam down. What's mm-hmm. missing right now is Cain and Abel because based on the genealogy book, Adam's first son is Seth. Mm-hmm. So why is the story of Cain and Abel erased out of the genealogy of Adam? Something to think about. Something to think about. But to just get to the point, and we don't have time to, like I said, we don't have time to study at all, but do understand that your Bible actually explains to us that there are two families. And in the New Testament, they're called the children of God versus the children of the devil. We say it and say it all spooky and spiritual, not realizing this is reality. Yeah. There are literal children of the, the yeah, so I, that's a different lesson. Okay, so let me show you what I mean. Uh, 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 they, 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 they change things around. So in Deuteronomy 18, you don't have to turn there, um, it talks about how they provoked God to anger because they kept sacrificing and worshiping devils. Now, our word devils comes from the word dia, where where we saw Friday was divas, and then divas and dia come from the word deuce. Then we get deals from deuce. So let me let me say it all over again, a different way. Deals, the word God in our Bible, comes from the word. <laughs> Deus, which then comes from a word, dia, which all corresponds to one English word, devil. So again, we play with words, not realizing they play with words. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so, so now I want you to go to Genesis 1. We're going to go to Genesis 1. Now, keep in mind, I told you they play with words. Play with words. Now, before we read this, I'm going to bring up Father Abraham real quick. We must remember that God chose Abraham. Abraham, as we saw the other week, was raised in a, in a pagan environment. He knew, he knew nothing about the Creator. He knew about the gods. But he knew nothing about the Creator. His daddy was the high priest of the pagan cult. Up until the day the Creator called him out and singled him out, and he had an experience with the God. And it was in that moment of Abraham's life that he knew when God said, Pack up and leave, and I'm going to take you to a land. And if you read the story, notice Abraham doesn't question this creator. He trusts him. 
And he packs up and he goes. God doesn't tell him exactly where he's going. He just says, I will get you there. Amen. Amen. Now, Abraham then has children. Those children didn't have children. Now, rewind back to Abraham because Abraham comes from a Semitic people. His descendants are then Semitic people. Then their descendants are then Semitic people. But then remember, Semitic goes back to the Afro. Asiatic people, which goes back to the people of color. So, in other words, there was a kingdom given to the people of color. And at some point in history, someone took that kingdom from the people of color and has had that understanding of what this kingdom really is. And it comes down to, again, forces, understanding forces. So, let's ask a question just, just to tip my toe in it. Um, does anybody know, I want to know if you know the exact name, just, just what color were they? I'm going to ask that. Let's say it that way. Who created the refrigerator? A black man. Okay. Okay. That's why I did it. We don't know their name. I just want their color. The light bulb. A black man. A black man. The color. A black one. The curling iron. Oh, oh, curling iron. Yeah, of course. Okay, okay. Microwave. Really? (laughs) (laughs) So, I can keep going down the list. So, so, so again, I I bring up the question that I asked the other day. Say it, say it again. I said, who created the stoplight? <laughs> <laughs> right. How about this one? Who created Washington, D.C.? A black man. How about that one? <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow. That's a good one. Oh, how about this one? How about this one? They don't ever talk about history. And then we get, then we get the description. How about when when the Americas were first found by the so-called Christopher Columbus and they realized that the Americas were populated with people of color, and when they tried to set up the first republic, the first president of the Americas was a black man. But they'll never talk about this part of history. Before Washington, there was a black man. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... So, so it's evident even just from history within the last few years that there is someone who has a habit of changing history and then rewriting books and stories and then handing it back to us. You get, you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yes. And as I always say, if one does not study for themselves and all we do is go to church, and we let a man or a woman regurgitate into us what they ate and chewed up. This <laughs> we 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 never we never grow. We we never grow. God's word says the people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. 
That's that's what's wrong with us today. We we are ignorant people. We don't know. You know, I was teasing somebody the other day. I, I, I you guys can't see, but I'm going to describe it because we've all seen it in church. That moment where the organ or something 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 good going on in church, and that person, and it may even mean you when you when you do that jump and you grab yourself, you be like, oh glory, oh. And you just kind of pull yourself, you know, y'all know what I'm talking about that death. Out of the blue, yeah. we just do. Yeah, 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 we feel that. And then I, we, I was teasing somebody, I said, have you ever noticed how it's just contagious? You can just out of nowhere be like, hey, and they be like, yeah, that's over, hallelujah, yes, yes. And we don't, none of us even know how we do it. It's like, it's just, wow, we just all just had to. <laughs> <laughs> So, all right, let's let's get to this. <laughs> Genesis one, and if Sister Jehan, just read verse one, please. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Stop there. So, looking at it as a regular reader, it would appear. That the Bible is telling us that in the beginning, God, the creator, created the heavens and the earth. Everybody see the same thing? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. But the reality is, this is not what your translators are saying. Because in reality, your translators took a word that was the actual word, changed the word, and let's look at what the real word says there. So in Genesis 1, verse 1, Sister Samaya, what is the word translated into English from? What is the word? I'm sorry. I don't have my lexicon. You don't have what? I don't have, <clears throat> I don't have my Bible dictionary. Maybe um, Venus. What? Yeah, I, I got it. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, no, wait a minute. No, wait a minute. What? No, I'm playing. <laughs> but I'll tell you why. I dropped my tablet yesterday and cracked the screen. Oh, my Oh, goodness. wow. Yeah, it's a real what. Normally, I would have it. Wow. Okay, Sister Venus, what is the word, the Hebrew word, Translated from there. In what verse? In verse one. There's no word translated here. That's in the beginning. Uh, in the beginning, I want I want the translation for the word God. What okay. is the Hebrew word? What's the Hebrew it's word? H four three zero. It's so Hebrew email. dictionary. The Hebrew dictionary, Hebrew 830, and the word is what? It's H430, Elohim. The Elohim. Elohim. (laughs) (laughs) Say it again, Venus. Say it again. Say it again, Elohim. Hey, we done made up a whole new race. I'm an Elohim, y'all. I don't know about you, but I'm an Elohim. Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay. So the Elohim. 
the Elohim. Elohim. Now, if you look up the word Elohim, the word Elohim is God plural. Yes. Mm-hmm. So what? What the actual? What it actually says is, in the beginning, the gods created the heavens and the earth. So saying the gods created versus what you read is two drastic big differences. But this is yeah. that hidden and plain sight stuff that happens. Mm-hmm. And this is why I showed you the scripture of the other class where God asked them, how is it that you tell the world that you're wise and you have the word of God with you when it's not my word because you wrote what you wrote these words with your own pen? And they tried to say, I told you to say it, and that, that ain't even the case. So, again, I will say, am I saying don't read the Bible? I'm not saying that at all. But I am saying in order to get what it actually says versus just reading it at surface, it has to be studied. Amen? Okay. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Okay, so so back to this word Elohim that was translated to our English God. The word Elohim is plural, meaning multiple gods. But this word Elohim is translated from a root word, which would be Eloah. And meaning what what is the Hebrew number for Eloah? H four three three. So H four three three is the root word where they got Elohim plural for Eloah singular. So if we go back to the actual language of what they were saying when it came to the word God from the, from the Hebrew, we have Eloah, not God, not Elohim, Eloah. Make sense what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, I'm going to send you something real quick. When it comes to our Bible dictionary about this word, L-O-I, and while I'm sending you this, any comments, questions? Yeah, I think we I all may. Go ahead. I'll, go ahead. I was going to say take that word a little further. It even goes down to L, which is H410, which actually describes uh, another identity as, you know, with with uh, mightiness and power and, and strongness. Not showing necessarily another deity. It's the word that a language uses to call God. And so, so, so let me say this. Let me throw this I'm just reading what it said. We go. It said. I got you. I got you. Any So it, this goes back to what I said the other day. When it comes to God, when we say I believe in God, fine. But what what does that define? Because as we've seen, there are gods, and there are gods, and there are goddesses. So when a person says, I believe in God, what does that necessarily define? Because check this out. Did you know that if a, if a person worships 
let's say, an octopus. They got an octopus at home, and they take. And that's who they call God. If you're sitting next to that person, and y'all having a general conversation, and he asks, no, if you ask him, do you believe in God? Then he gets excited and says, I believe in God. You believe in God? I believe in God. Amen, bro. We believe in God. So even though you're both talking about God, the question is, are we talking about the same? Mm-hmm. Does that, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Say it again. I have a, I have a Go ahead. Go ahead. It's the same way with Jesus. Right. Mm. Right. Yeah, go ahead. Many religions have Jesus in there, but is it the same Jesus? Right. Right. There's different Jesus. Some some Jesus did different things. You know, one Jesus, I just, have y'all ever heard about the Jesus who got drunk? No. Everybody got quiet on that one. Like, what? Yeah, there are people who have a Jesus, a Jesus that got drunk. But anyways, uh, uh, you, you, you get my point here that I'm making. Yes. That there's, there's this one journal of word that has so many different meanings. But in reality, there are no gods. There is God. There is the one. Let's just say it that way. There are no gods and goddesses because then you get into co-creation and this is the issue. With our creator, there is no co-creation. He is creator. He is Lord. He is numero uno. He is boss. And this is where Jesus' message, Abraham's message, Moses' message, this is what it came down to, the core of our submission to his will. There's not three, four, five, six, seven different wills in this kingdom. There is the will of the one that we submit to. Mm-hmm. Amen. I mean, yeah. Now, the, the, the issue with saying that is most people take that in a negative light. I ain't submit to nobody. Well, I'm all bald. And the reason we struggle with it is because of the examples that we've been given of what submission looks like or what submission is. And so, therefore, we miss truly what God is asking of us. He's not asking us to be his slaves in the sense of, I'm just a slave, where he calls on me when he wants me, he dismisses me disrespectfully, he, he chooses rather not. He wants that. That's not the type of slavery God's asking for. He's asking us for a willingness of slavery, a willingness to grow into what he has for us. That type of slavery, whereas a heart thing more than it is a, a, a legalistic thing, we become so legalistic easily. And, and you know, on subject, but off subject real quick. God doesn't want you to live legalistically. God wants you to be free. Take, we, 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 we allow the devil to shackle us up so much in our minds and, and all this other stuff. Okay, 
Look, go to Daniel real quick so we can wrap this up. So you saw Eloah versus Elohim. Did you say Daniel? Daniel. Daniel, okay. the fourth. No, actually, go to Daniel, the third chapter. All right. Daniel, the third chapter. Just show you something. Daniel, the third chapter. So, verse one. Nebuchadnezzar, the king, made an image of gold whose height was three score cubits and the breadth thereof six cubits. And he set it up in the plain of Dura in the providence of Babylon. Okay, stop there. So you should know this story of when Nebuchadnezzar set up this big image and he made this decree that when everybody heard the sound of the music, they were to bow down. Does the story sound familiar to you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is how what happens. Uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego got busted not uh, obeying the decree. Okay. And then, then what happens? They got thrown into uh, the furnace, the fiery furnace. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, so being is what you what were you gonna say? Oh, it was the same thing that as far as the story that Sister Laura talked about. Okay. Everybody agree with these details that you have heard that we're talking about the same story? Yes. Mhm. Okay. So 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 um Sister Samaya, out of the Shadrach, Meshach and the Bendigo story what what is the main thing of that story that stands out to you? Their willingness to to um their willingness to submit to the God versus um the law of the land, basically the king and his his uh his orders. Um, they were willing to put their life on the line, and they believed in their God that, uh, you know, if they were to be saved, so be it, and if they weren't to be saved, so be it, because um, God is God. The God okay. is God. Okay. Okay. Just countries, what stands out to you in that story from your memory? Well, for me, it um, it stood out that um, they were willing to accept the consequences of their actions, and they were standing on what they firmly believed. Okay, okay, okay. Sister uh, Venus, what stands out to you in the Shadrach, Meshach, and the Bendigo story? What stands out to me is after they were thrown in the furnace and King uh, Nebuchadnezzar didn't see them burning, he said, light that thing up, whatever, seven more times, whatever he kept saying, go up. And, right, uh, right. Then he said, wait, 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 hold on. I see somebody else in there. There's a fourth guy in there. You know, 
Um, that's what stands out to me. It was, I got you. I got you. And I think he said, I'm not for sure, but I think he said it looks like the son of man or something like that. I I, I got to go back over to the end of the story, y'all. I don't okay. want to be quoting nothing okay. wrong, guys. I got you. Sister, uh, Melissa, what stands out for you in the Shadrach, Meshach, and the Bendigo story? Well, one of the things that, you know, that really stand out to me is that how they were protected from the fire and that, you know, not only did God allow them to see, allow the people to see him protecting them, but it also changed Nebuchadnezzar over to say, blessed be the God of Shadrach. You know, it changed their minds, so to speak. Right. Right, right. Okay, so check this out. So putting it all together, we know that the three of men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, one of which you know of as Daniel, the prophet Daniel, uh, were in captivity in this Babylonian empire that worshipped the gods. But they held to... There, that there was no God. There was only the God. Now, you must understand something, that from Adam all the way down to this time, the message of the Creator was passed down from generation to generation to generation to generation. And each generation that bear it all, the Creator would raise up prophets and send to them to remind them to turn away from their idols, turn away from their their traditions and come back to the path of the worship of the one true God and submit to him. So this has been going on since Adam. So now Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, again, know this same faith because it's been passed down from generation to generation. So this is why they have such a strong commitment that regardless if it costs me my life, I will not turn my back on the creator, okay? So, so, and then after it's all said and done, Nebuchadnezzar notices that there is a fourth person walking around the fire that looks like a son of man. Now, people preach it and say it looks like the son of man, but if you go and read it, it says he looks like a son of man. Actually, Rico, I found it. I did find it because I was wanting to make sure I called the right thing. But it, it says in Daniel 3.25, it's like the son of God, I guess, if you want to translate that. I said son of man. I'm sorry. Not son of man, I mean, that's, son that's of because God. I said son of man. I said it first, and that's why I was like, I didn't know if I was calling the right name. You got a spirit, man. You have a spirit. You got a spirit tonight. You made me say the same thing you said. You got a spirit. No, don't try that. <laughs> well, I guess we all got a spirit. But I, went, I did go back and find it, and it did say son of God. So I was like, I knew that I was kind of tangled in which one. Right, right. So, and didn't nobody say nothing. No, please. Go ahead, Sister Tita. <laughs> so I have the revised. And it says, 
verse 25, he answered, But I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods. Plural. Okay. Plural. So, so... When it says, see, I wasn't even going to go that deep with it, Sister Samaya. I wasn't even going to go that deep with it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So, so let's just, I'll say it this way. The fourth person walking in the midst of the fire, Nebuchadnezzar recognized it wasn't one of the Adamites. It wasn't one of the humans. And you got to remember, we we are we are not alone on this planet here, and it's it's, it's it's very evident in your Bible. I promise, I promise. If you've never seen it, it's there. We are not alone. Humans are not the only species walking around and intermingling here. But anyhow, Nebuchadnezzar recognizes that this divine being. Well, I won't even necessarily have to necessarily call it divine, but just a being. He recognizes that it's one of the sons, or looks like one of the sons of the Elohim. Now, we translate that word in Hebrew, is going to come back as uh, 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 four, uh, 430 Elohim, not Eloah. So this is not talking about creator's son. This is talking about lesser created beings, offspring. Okay. I have a question. I'm okay. sorry. Go for it. Go um, for it. Well, based on what my my source says, it says the son of God. It broke down the son and then of God. Mine says of God four twenty six, Elaha Elwa, which says it's aromatic, corresponding. Ella, Ella. Ella, yes, yes, but then Ella. y'all go. Y'all going to open and have me going all deep down in this word to take it back to what it actually means. Just but know this. different much. from the Elohim is what I'm saying. That's I, all I'm this, saying. This, 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 this I understand. And okay, so if I try to explain it all to you guys now, I, we won't get done with this class. We won't get done with this class. But which class so, is going to know so, what God this is? That's all. I just... <laughs> What which God? What God is this? Okay, so the God that's being referred to there is the Creator. The term "Son of God" in the Old Testament, based on the word "ben," the uh, "ben ha Elohim," or it could be uh, "ben a uh, 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 the word that you just pronounced, and what it comes down to, if I broke it down, would be the associates of God. But the associates of God broken down even further, I could say the angels of God. If I break that down, I could take it even further and could say the messengers of God. Um, so the God being read of here is talking about creator, but the associates that are being referenced as gods are created beings that were created by creator. Mm-hmm that visited mankind, and because they were more advanced than we were, they were considered gods. Okay, for instance, go to Genesis 6 real quick. Go to Genesis 6 real quick. That is is so, because I'm looking up 
the next word that goes with that is the same word that we went over earlier today out of the scripture of Genesis when we were reading it, and it broke it all the way down to uh, that Ella, what you were talking about. Right, right. So I, I, I do, I can agree with that, definitely. Amen. Amen. That's what we talk about. We talk about it. We look it up in the scripture, and if the scripture says it, God darn it, I believe it. No. <laughs> okay, Genesis chapter 6. Genesis chapter 6. So it should say something along these lines that uh, uh, in those days when 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 uh, men begin to multiply in the face of the earth, daughters were born unto them. And the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair, and they took them wives of all each they chose. And, 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 and the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for he is also flesh, yet his day shall be a hundred and twenty years. So stop there. So between verses 1 through verses 3, we see that there were humans multiplying on the face of the earth, and there were women being born to these men, and they were beautiful. They were fair. And the sons of God, which were separate from human, but compatible to the human, to the point that they could take women. So these are two separate creations living on earth together, but one intermingled with the other. Do you see see what I'm saying here? Mm Mm-hmm. And that word sons, like you said earlier, you used the word benny. That that is it too for that word. So time. so 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 now we got sons of God. So when we read this, if we take it to mean that the Creator has offspring, that's not what this is saying. Because as I said Sunday, with the absolute, you can't multiply the absolute. He does not. It does not. He whatever you want to call it does not multiply himself. He is unique. In his own likeness. This is why the Bible tells us, you cannot describe me. Do not draw pictures of me. You cannot see me and live. So, therefore, you, 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 you get my point here. Mm-hmm. Now, again, I say Jesus was the express image of the invisible God, meaning he was the replica of what the creator would be. Not as far as images concerned with fingers, toes, eyes, but more in the sense of character. And this is why I said Sunday within these human bodies, as you harness these forces that we call the attributes of God, the human being can transform their lower nature to a higher nature to the point that, yes, the rest of humanity who does not understand what's going on with you will consider you supernatural or divine because that's just human nature to see something that they can't explain and then uh, uh, put it on a pedestal. I mean, this is, this is why pastors get put on pedestal all the time because, you know, they operate in the power of God. The people see moving of God happening, and then to the person, the pastor becomes this divine, holy man or woman to the point that when they do something bad, as we would call it, you know, pastor was they they walk past the pastor's office and he was taking the drink of Milwaukee's best. You know. <laughs> 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 
So, so, so now that so now they sit on the phone talking about they ain't going to church no more. This is why I don't go to church. You know, I saw the pastor drinking beer. You know, because I don't go to church no more. I just give up. So this is this is the strange part. You see the man or the woman do something, and then you give up on God like God did something. So this is what I mean by we put the people on the pedestal instead of putting the right one on the pedestal who should be the creator. So rather a man or a woman falls, it does not shake you because your relationship has always been with the creator. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay, so these associates of God took women. Lynn birth four. There were guys in the earth in those days, and and also after that, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, and the same became mighty men which were of old, men of renown. So these sons of God, who were not human like the rest of the humans, but compatible enough to mate with humans, had sexual relations with women, produced a half-breed race of children, this is in, this is in our Bible. These, these events are in our Bible, and for some reason, we just overlook them and ignore them like it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Now, some would say, some would say here, well, this is where the flood wiped them all out. But did you miss the part where it says they were here before the flood and they were here after the flood? Mm-hmm. So after the flood, they were still here. And if they've been mating and producing children, that bloodline is still amongst us today. And they are oppressing the Semitic races like I don't know what because this is why. The kingdom was given to the Semitic people. This half-breed group, God did not create this. This was created from sexual exploitation. And this is why they're perverse with their child pedophilia and their sex parties and their secret Illuminati-type rituals and stuff. This this is just their nature. It's just them. Okay, somebody's about to say something. Go ahead. Somebody's going to say something. I just, um, again, in the the Revised, it kind of puts a little something different in there. So it called the um, giants Nephilim. Yes, the Nephilim. That's the word we translate the word giant to. And so when we read giant, we always think Dolly the Green Giant, big Jack in the Stock, Stock in the what's his name? Jack in the Jack in the Beanstalk. Yeah, that's what you say. Jack in the Beanstalk. <laughs> so, but the word giant here doesn't necessarily mean giant in that sense. It means more advanced. So this is why we saw the last, you know, those few classes. We saw that the, the Bible talks deeply about technology, flying technology at that. So, so this whole advanced race and all this stuff that we read, and it, it's right here in the Bible. It's just, do we really want to study it? Okay. Mm-hmm. So, 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 yeah, here you go. <laughs> All right, go back to Daniel 4. So, listen, does that answer you a little bit more? 
Yeah, I just wanted to make sure you had answered it about the God that it was referring to. Mm-hmm. That it was the creator. I wanted to know because in the other scriptures we're talking about is the creator. It uses the whole as the creator. So when I saw that, which was different from the other ones, I wanted to know which God we were talking about. So I got you. Tell me what God we talking about. All right, so back to Nebuchadnezzar. So we, 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 after the whole Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego event, uh, 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 back in, uh, uh, day of three, and I believe it was Sister Felicia that brought it up, but in verse 28, see, we hear about the story, but nobody ever brings up this part of the story with Nebuchadnezzar. So verse 28 says, Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him, and have changed the king's words and yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Therefore I make a decree that every people, nation, and language which seek anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut into pieces. That's deep. And, wait a minute, because you got to understand, this was a pagan. And after a pagan saw what God's power could do, he now threatened to cut people. I'm now going, you want to hit people with garbage cans. Now I got to cut you. No. <laughs> so, so he now threatened to cut people if they even speak against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, because there is no other God that can deliver after this sort. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon, go to chapter 4 and say, won't he do it? Oh, boy. <laughs> won't he do it? So, so we, we don't talk about the good part of that story. We always stop with them getting out the fire, but we don't bring up the fact that this event changed Nebuchadnezzar's life. So then when you get to chapter 4, Nebuchadnezzar, the king unto all the people, Nations and languages that dwell in all earth, peace be multiplied unto you. I thought it good, that, now this is Nebuchadnezzar's words, I thought it good to show you the signs and wonders that the high God has brought towards me. How great are his signs and how mighty are his wonders, his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and his dominion is from generation to generation. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at rest in my house and flourishing in my palace, and I saw a dream which made me afraid. And the thoughts upon my bed and the visions of my head troubled me. So you you read through the, the next few verses. This is where he talks about he, he calls the magicians, and he calls, and nobody can interpret this dream. So verse 8 says, but at last Daniel came in before me, whose name was, the, the, whatever his name was, 
according to the name of my God, in whom is the spirit of the holy gods, and before him I told the dream says. Okay, so in verse 8, this is what I want you to pay attention to. So in the previous chapter, would you all agree that you saw from your Bible that this man named Nebuchadnezzar had a moment in his life that changed his heart from his God's point of view to God's point of view because he saw what God did for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Would you agree or disagree with what we saw? Agree. Agree. Okay. So now, unless this man be backslidden, <laughs> a, a, a chapter later, <laughs> unless he... Say it again. I ain't gonna lie, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, wait a minute, but he ends up doing something different afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> so, unless, unless, unless this man has decided to backslide within a chapter of time, somebody <laughs> has rewritten this scripture and basically tried to hide some stuff here. And, um,. We 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 want to expose this last little part here as we close with this tonight. Okay. So does does everybody understand what I mean when I say something's wrong because it would look as though Nebuchadnezzar has backslid from saying that there's one God.